somehow I stumbled across self-storage and uh, had a really good friend of mine and now mentor tell me uh, who went through the same journey. He flipped houses. He built houses in the Hamptons. He built restaurants in Manhattan. And uh, at the time, a couple of years ago, he was on his fourth self-storage deal. And he said to me, Joe, once you build a self-storage facility, you will never touch a single family home again. And he was right. He said, you'll build, you'll have, you'll pay somebody to build your own house because you won't touch another house again. And he was right. You know, um, self-storage for a myriad of reasons, which we can touch on today, um, is in my opinion, one of the best real estate asset classes and commercial asset classes that are out there. And, you know, we're building uh, concrete, steel and asphalt and we're turning it into a, uh, to a cash flowing asset. So a lot of people are super interested in today's topic because I know that so many of our viewers and listeners, you work so hard to create your active income, build your business, which is what everybody should be doing. There's also that second half, which starts to intrigue people at a certain place in their journey where we start to think about passive income. And there's somewhat of an evolution um, when you start on this journey of passive income, usually at some point, maybe somebody in the financial space, maybe even your accountant starts to um, bring your attention to the marvels of investing in real estate, not just from a passive income standpoint, but also from a tax advantage standpoint. People start jumping in and there's so many ways that you can invest in real estate. And we've covered many of them, you know, that evolution from single family, multifamily, right? And then um, there's this uh, sort of this interesting thing that very few people talk about that I know that everybody's going to be interested in, and that's in the self-storage space. In a lot of respects, it's like this sort of holy grail, right? Because there's not a whole heck of a lot moving parts here. Um, it's kind of like the best of all worlds, but a lot of times people don't really know how to get into it, how to navigate it, what to do. I know that there are some groups that you and I are a part of that does this and then can intimidating. You've got uh, some different terminology, different lingo. Haven't dipped their toe in the pond. Then you layer on. Now we're looking in self storage. And, and self storage is like a combo. New, yeah. Well, it's kind of like it's it's real estate, but it's business, right. right? You got some software. You got some things going on there. We decided, look, let's get the most expert. Um, get him on the show. And so let's bring in Joe Evangelisti. He is the foremost expert in all things self storage, and that is because not because he read a book on it, but because he has gone he through that it. evolution. <laughs> Joe, welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to us a little bit about your journey. We like to begin there every with every guest um, because what I was saying is what everybody thinks, right? Like, well, Joe, easy for you. I mean, you know, you probably inherited. Um, you know, 50 self-storage units because you've been working in the, in the space since you were 17. Lucky you. But what we realize and know to be true is There's that nobody's, that. <laughs> nobody's yeah. that. Nobody's been on the show that was like, yep, that's exactly what happened. It was all handed to me. <laughs> Tell us yeah. how you ended up being such an expert in the self-storage space. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think what I inherited was a push broom and uh, some taping tools. My my dad was yeah. a, uh, a drywall guy growing up, so I was always on construction sites my whole life. And you know, ever since I was knee high to to him, I was able to uh, to sweep floors. And and uh, I think by twelve years old, I was taping drywall because uh, that was his that was his his field. Um, but I've always been into construction. I just love construction. I love building stuff from scratch. I love. Um, you know, taking something and turning it into something else and, and, and creating my dad, uh, by the time I was out of high school was, uh, was building houses and, um, doing larger general contracting projects. And, um, I, I say that I got lucky enough to actually, I wanted to go in the military, I wanted to serve. And I got lucky enough to actually find a way to do that and still do construction. I went in the Navy Seabees, uh, for about six years, which is the construction battalions of the Navy. A lot of people don't even know what that is. And, um, was able to travel all around the world and build really, really cool stuff in multiple countries all around, all around the planet. And, um, you know, very shortly after that, uh, got into real estate, started, started fix and flip and, you know, buy and hold and becoming a landlord. And there's a whole backstory to that, but, uh, you know, I got into it in uh, 2007, right before, you know, uh, the, the last big crash and, um, you know, learned a lot of lessons along the way. I tell people all the time, I, I've done more things wrong, which is why we do some things right. You know, I, I've, we've learned the hard way. We've done, um, we've made tons of mistakes and we built things. And, you know, we, along the way, we just kept getting better and better at it. And then about three or four years ago, we made a big pivot. Um, we were up to flipping about 100 houses a year in our lo- local um, area here in, in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we went, we had to find a change. We wanted to find something that was scalable. We wanted to find something that was more manageable, find something that wasn't um, as stressful. And, uh, you know, we looked in a bunch of different commercial asset classes. We looked into multifamily, office, retail, and somehow I stumbled across self-storage and uh, had a really good friend of mine and now mentor tell me uh, who went through the same journey. He flipped houses. He built houses in the Hamptons. He built restaurants in Manhattan. And uh, at the time, a couple of years ago, he was on his fourth self-storage deal. And he said to me, Joe, once you build a self-storage facility, you will never touch a single family home again. And he was right. He said, you'll build, you'll have, you'll pay somebody to build your own house because you won't touch another house again. And he was right. You know, um, self-storage for a myriad of reasons, which we can touch on today, um, is in my opinion, one of the best real estate asset classes and commercial asset classes that are out there. And, you know, we're building uh, concrete steel and asphalt and we're turning it into a, uh, to a cash flowing asset. So just for clarification's sake, um, so you're actually building these from the ground up. You're not going in and purchasing storage facilities that are already in existence. So we work in one of three ways, primarily ground up development, because that's really what we love to do. Um, and it actually helps us control the costs and helps us control the outcome a lot better. Um, but we'll also do uh, converted big box construction. So, you know, you have your your Sears and your Kmart and your, uh, you know, JCPenney's of the world. They're not in business anymore. Right? They're gone. And so um, so now we have the opportunity to go in there. And um, it's it's funny timing because not only are the big boxes disappearing, but self-storage is making a push as an industry um, from off the dirt road industrial complex with the big fences and all that stuff that people want their self-storage products downtown and Main Street. They want it easily accessible. Right. They want it well lit. They want to feel secure when they pull in. They don't want to go down some dark, dusty road to get there. Um, so the combination of big box kind of you know folding and going more into e-com and uh, self-storage making a transition as an industry uh, is actually coming to a, to a head and it's creating a lot of opportunity for us. Let's talk about then the reason why this is so intriguing to you. So your mentor was like, hey, once you once you wrap your mind around this and you get this going, you're never going to go back into single multifamily. You're not going to you're not going to be in houses. Why is that? What what is so 
um, intriguing about self-storage and so great about it over, say, the other uh, types of real estate? So when I got into it, I used to say this, and I still say it to this day, it's, it's not a sexy business, right? Like I came from the world of flipping houses where it was HGTV and everybody popularized, you know, everybody can go and flip houses and you could pick out tile and pick out countertops and paint it the way you want and put your personal spin on it and make money while you're doing it, right? This is not that, you know, this is literally bare concrete. It's, it's steel, it's colored steel, it's asphalt. It's, there's not, you know, we're not picking out countertops or toilets or, or tile, you know, for the, for the building. And once you do it once, you can systematize that and do it over and over and over again, uh, which is again, very, very difficult to do in the single family world, especially in an area where I am, where if we did a hundred houses, they would range from 150,000 to 1.5 million. They might range from being 15 years old to being 150 years old. So it's very, very difficult to systematize and automate the flipping business, especially where I'm from. Um, and so in the storage business, it's the opposite. You know, once you systemize it, once you have a flow, once you have a process, once you have a design that you like, you can really put that stamp on all your products. So I, so I'm just thinking, and we always like to think about what our listeners are thinking as they're hearing you. If I'm a person that invests in a single family home, I feel like I could handle that because that's just like one home. I feel like yeah. that's a big jump to go from I'm investing in one house to this yep. massive undertaking of this storage facility. So tell us about what that transition and that mindset look like for you and maybe um, some tips or things to think about for our, our listeners to be able to overcome that thought. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, look, if you're investing in one house, you don't have a business, right? You have a side hustle. You have a you have a thing you're doing on the side. I mean, you start getting to the point where you're doing 20, 30, 40, 80 houses a year. It's a different thing. It's a different animal. Um, you know, back when we were doing that, we had 50 employees. And so now we have 15 employees, 20 employees, maybe uh, total with, with um, you know, different consultants. And um, when, when at the end of the day, we have you know, a third as many employees or half as many employees. And we have 10 X, the profit margins, 10 X, the, the, uh, ability and scalability on the back end. Then if we were trying to control, you know, a hundred different assets all over, all over one state, mm -hmm. you know, we can do the same thing with eight or 10 facilities. Um, so that's what makes it scalable. You know, you have to, you have to be able to get married to the zeros and, and get comfortable with the bigger numbers. But at the end of the day, um, it all, it all works out a lot easier because you're managing and controlling less uh, overall spread out. Let's talk about your stereotypical numbers. Uh, you know, it, obviously you have experienced that this, um, not only just from a work standpoint and scale standpoint, um, is more beneficial than what you were doing previously with the 100, 100 flips a year, 100 homes. Um, but for someone that's looking to venture in, maybe they are, maybe they have, let's say 10 homes. And they're kind of on that cusp. Like, I'm going to scale. I'm going to go for it because on the real estate side, their mentors are telling them, you know, let's build your team. Let's go. Let's go for 50. Let's go for 100. Um, but now we're introducing them to you. They come across yeah. old Joe and Joe's like telling them, hey, look, what about this? There's a, there's another option um, on the number side. Is it is it is it just that it's easier to scale because we're talking about these large facilities and, and we have, you know, very minimal ingredients or numbers wise, have you also seen that the the ROI um, is better in the self-storage space? Uh, the ROI is much better. The time it takes to get to that ROI is much better um, as far as gross you know, sales. But I think what also is important is it's, it's an accessible community, right? So we've actually built uh, what we call the storage syndicate, which is basically a mastermind tribe around the country. And it consists of different people. It consists of 
experienced developers that are looking to put deals together. It consists of um, in, uh, accredited investors who are looking to plug money in and, and be passive and not understand every nut and bolt about how it's, how the process works, but be, be tied in well enough that they understand the operator, they understand the jockey, you know, who's, who's running the project and make sure that they're comfortable with their investment. Um, and we have it all the way down to people who have very little real estate experience where we're teaching them what we call certified field agents. Um, we, we're teaching these certified field agents or CFAs how to go out and find these off-market deals and how to locate these projects. And in that case, be able to take a piece of equity, uh, a finder's fee, a, a sizable finder's fee in most in most cases, and get themselves involved in an asset class where, again, they might not have any experience. Um, and putting all these people together is amazing because it creates opportunity and connection and network for all of them to work together and experience, you know, the self-storage industry as a whole. In, in that space, let's, I think that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, if anybody listening or watching, I'm not excluding you. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying this is where you fit, but I think the majority of the people would fall into that accredited investor status. Mm -hmm. This is extremely interesting to me. I probably don't want to become right. You know, nuts and bolts on this. Like, cause it's not what they do. Our, our, yep. our viewers, have service businesses where they provide a service and they don't want to and, be boots on the ground and they, yeah, they're not going to go out there and become contract developers. Um, what does that look like? What, what does that opportunity look like? You have your group, um, um, that people can plug into. Is that going to be in, in at investwithlegacy.com? Is that where we, they can get information on that? They can side? get, they can find it. Yeah. They can find it in investwithlegacy.com. They can also go directly to storage syndicate.com, which I didn't give you that URL earlier, but I'm sorry. Storage syndicate.com, yeah. investwithlegacy.com. Um, but what does that look like? So people are like, Hey, so I have some money. I'd like to um, deploy some capital. Um, typically, what does that relationship look like? And, 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 what what the returns look like, and then another very important question, um, stacked question, lots of stuff. You can talk for as long as you want. Um, <laughs> what do the tax advantages look like for the people that are investing on that side? All right, so we'll start at the beginning. What does it look like? So, as an accredited investor myself, as well as an operator, I've always found that you know when you're looking for things to invest in, what's the most important thing to me? It's the operator. To me, it's the person that's actually taking the money, sure. taking responsibility for it. You know, um, are, are they, do they have integrity? Do they seem to operate properly? So part of this environment is allowing people to spend time watching how, how the operator is growing, watching what deals the operator is doing, watching how they're interacting with the other people inside of the atmosphere. And do they seem like a good operator? Do they seem like they have experience? Are they asking the right questions, right? You don't want an operator that's not asking any questions that thinks that they know everything, right? I want people that are li literally saying, make me better, help me, you know, make connections for me. And so I will, I will tend to pinpoint operators that seem like they're really asking the right questions and they're operating with integrity and they're looking for the right deals and they're asking you know, the, for the right, um, you know, uh, teams, you know, do they have, are they missing a design team? Are they missing the contracting team? Are they missing the, the commercial brokerage team? Um, and really trying to network and create uh, inside of the atmosphere. If I'm standing back and looking in, I'm getting more information about that operator inside of that environment than say I called them and did a you know, half an hour interview and I forgot to ask a bunch of questions, right? So as an accredited investor, I think it's really important that we get to know the people that we're investing in. Um, just as much as as we have confidence inside the deal, because let's face it, these are development deals. These are these are um, they're they're built on spec. I mean, they're built on pro formas, which makes sense in reality and based on demographics and a lot of feasibility studies and numbers. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if the operator is not capable of handling it, then they're probably not capable of handling my money. So I think as an accredited investor, it's a great atmosphere again to just vet out the right people and the right you know the right team that I want to put my money into. 
Now, the flip side, you asked, uh, what are the tax advantages? Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not a CPA. I got to give you the little asterisks on that. But you know, real estate has tons of tax advantages. It depends if it's built in 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 a uh, you know in a opportunity zone, or if it's new construction, or if it's reconstruction, or if it's value add. Um, there's going to be all different types of ways to capitalize on the backside of that and tax free advantages. Or if it's a, a new development deal, for example, and you're doing a refinance to stabilize, then that's a, a tax free uh, event. So there are, there are just different ways that you can kind of, again, vet the deal, understand things, and get involved. And I think get involved is probably the, the biggest takeaway there. Yeah, I think that, that I think that is the biggest takeaway. And a lot of people, Sue, they get so nervous about the ideas and the concepts of like making big investments in things that they don't understand. But as soon as you get involved and you begin to see the inner workings, you begin to see the deals, you begin to see the operator, I think it gives people a lot of confidence to move forward and do more. So you said you just started this four years ago. What's happened in the last four years? Tell us a little bit about, again, how many of these that you've done, how, how fast this has grown. Tell us about the company and how it evolved. Yeah, I'll tell you, it evolved uh, out of necessity because I wanted to have a great culture that was scalable. And most importantly, I wanted to be able to build wealth and build legacy wealth inside of our of our tribe. Um, you know, everyone that's tied into our team is, is, is in some way, shape or form tied to equity or bonus structure or they, they have the ability to build wealth. Um, so that was one of the biggest things that I really couldn't do as a single family investor. Everything's so transactional. You, you're flipping it. You're making a couple dollars. You're putting in the next one. You're doing it again. Um, whereas these are these are massive assets. You know, these are twenty some million dollar assets, and and we can give people equity in them and help them build long term wealth. Um, so that was part of the play was like, how do I surround myself with a team of people that I love doing business with? Well, the way I do that is I make them all you know essentially my partners, and I and I grow with them, and we all grow together. Um, and again, I couldn't really figure out a way to manipulate that in the single family game. This was much easier to do because, you know, obviously there's a lot more to give. So um, that piece made it easy. But when we started about four years ago, um, we really, we really kind of went all in, you know, we, we jumped in both feet and um, you know, some people think that might be crazy. I, I feel like, you know, it would have taken me a lot longer to transition if I didn't do it that way. Um, so we kind of cut off the single family world and really started to sell off all that portfolio. And, you know, we still have some of it, but, you know, not everything's stabilized and rented and nothing's being flipped anymore. Um, and we jumped right into uh, the, the self-storage structure. And uh, so far, we're, we're nine deals deep and um, continuing to grow every day. And we've even started to add a division that actually entitles, designs, and builds out the due diligence packages to sell to other developers in the same space. Love that. You said, though, and I don't know if maybe I misunderstood, but you also are more on the side of the investor now? Like, So you're taking your own money and putting them into deals? Is that is that kind of where your space now? Yeah, I am an accredited investor in other syndication deals similar to the ones that I'm in, um, as well as putting money into our own deals. But uh, that's why I said I can look at it from both sides, right? If I'm looking for someone to invest in, uh, whether it's arbitrage or whether it's my own cash or whether it's you know, whatever, I want to make sure that it's a good operator that I can trust and I can, I can, you know, I know is kind of, you know, been through it and a little bit bulletproof and they're not going to waver when something hard comes up, you know, they, they're going to make the right decision because let's face it. I, people ask me all the time, like, what's the risk? And everything's a risk every single day. Right. There's a problem Always. every single day. Like the, the, the best operator is one that solves problems. And that's what our team does every single day. We're solving a problem. Um, I think if you, if you can't, do that and it starts to pile up it becomes a really uh really tough thing to uh to accomplish as a developer i have okay so this is kind of a little uh off our track question that's fine i also okay. <laughs> i also 
spun off the track tangent too. Okay, so I'm thinking about this too, and I'm 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 trying to understand because I don't know a lot about the storage space, but I'm trying to understand because when you're looking at the real estate market, we have a lot of ups and downs, and you know you had the 2008 a bubble burst, mm. like how does the storage world get impacted with those things? And does it follow the same patterns or is it completely different? Let me tell you, uh, that's a great question, Lacey. And I actually, I actually kind of found this out after I was already knee deep into the business and doing a ton of market research and feasibility studies. And I was asking kind of my mentors and, and my chief development officer, the guys that have, you know, I, I'm always, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't have the most experience in the world in building self-storage, but what I have is an incredible team. You know, my chief right. development officer has built 350 self-storage units before he awesome. ever touched any of mine. So I always have this, this, this amazing resource of team to go back to. And in talking to my feasibility guy, probably a year or two into this thing, you know, he says to me, Joe, you know, there's really only about 40 years of recorded data on self-storage. This industry wasn't around 50, 60 years ago. It really just started to come out of nowhere in the last, you know, 40 years. And when you look at the systematic increase, it just continues to rise. Through ups and downs, through through different um, you know in, in, in implosions in the economy and things that like 2008, like you said, and so the reason that is is because of the um, the, the vast demographic that the, 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 all the different types of users of self storage, right? You have attorneys and insurance companies storing files. You have people storing their goods. You have people who are upsizing and downsizing. Now we have millennials who don't want to live anywhere, but they got to put their stuff somewhere. So they, they, right. they fill a storage unit and they travel around the world at Airbnbs. Everyone has a use for storage. Contractors use it for, for excess materials. Storefronts use it for excess retail storefront uh, materials. And so when the economy goes up, and let's say let's say the house building boom is going up and there's contractors like crazy. Then you have it filled with contractors. The housing market goes down. The contractors leave. And what happens? People start to downsize their properties, but they're not getting rid of their stuff. Mm -hmm. So they might move from 4,000 square feet to 2,500 square feet. But that other, that other excess goods is going into a storage container for 100 bucks a month. And so there's all these different user groups built into it. So, for example, during COVID, when businesses were changing and a lot of them were going out of business, you saw, you know, public storage, one of the biggest companies in the country, um, you know, lost 1% of, of users, you know, of, of vacancy. So, you know, 2021 was actually the biggest year ever, lowest vacancy rate, highest charge per square foot, and um, overall sales of self-storage facilities was somewhere around $9 billion last year. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's incredible. No, that yeah, that's great insight. And, and Thank you. What I'm trying to do, Joe, is I'm trying to like wrap because I don't want you to just go all over the board, but we're just going to take yeah, you sure. all over the board. Let's <laughs> take me all over the board. Let's do it. I have no problem with that. Is the next iteration of this then based off what you're you're saying and I'm hearing is the next land of opportunity. Um, so self-storage seems like to be the stepping stone, right? So we had single family, multifamily, and then you're like, oh, wow, the self-storage. And then what about just building just warehouses? as retail moves to on e-commerce and now they're warehousing stuff all over the place which is just concrete and still still buildings um and then you have these big you know conglomerates or you know amazon and these other i mean but even i was talking to a friend the other day that was like you know there's a big need to warehouse tires right, right? Yep. so it was you know these tire stores um and just space is that the next promised land just warehousing yeah, it's funny. I, you guys are getting me fresh off of a meeting I had last week talking about all the like uh, essentially like sub markets of storage. Uh -huh. um, one of the biggest factors changing in our economy right now is the toy market, the after the aftermarket boats, RVs, uh, mm. you know, um, uh, four wheelers, motorcycles, the whole thing. Right. And so they're 
they're expecting a 65 to 75% increase over the next two years in that market. And so boat and RV storage is huge. Um, cold warehousing storage is, is, is huge for logistics, for deliveries. Um, like you said, that Amazon type storage. Uh, we're looking at things like uh, personal warehousing. When personal warehousing is like having a gigantic storage condo for yourself with an office in there. For a lot of these companies that are doing their little e-com thing on the side and they need warehousing for goods, but they need an office to actually run it out of. So there's a lot of like sub iterations of, of storage um, and we're definitely looking into a lot of them. Love that. That's very common when, when we're down at our house and our home in Naples. Very common for people to have a storage unit in essence. Yeah, sure. That has like sort of a man cave or a but they store their cars and, and they their store their cars and, and, and yeah. And, um, have people over for the parties. Yeah. And um that's that's super interesting. Um tell us a little bit more about then your group. So people um plug in invest with legacy.com um or also storage syndicate.com. Um sort of what 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 should they come into the website, into the community, expecting to find, expecting to see? So they should come in there with it with a mindset that they want to enter, you know, one of the country's best masterminds on how to do storage and ways to continue to evolve in storage. You know, I built this thing out of necessity because I had so many people coming to us and saying, hey, I have deals for you. I have land I want you to evaluate. I have things I want to get involved with, joint venture with you. Or, you know, we have investors that are looking for deals and we just can't take their money because we don't have a deal available. So I built this, I built this, this, this mastermind as a way for these people to all communicate and find ways and resources to get deeper involved in storage. And in, in addition to that, I plugged in my, my A-level team, all of my, all of my designers, all of my contractors, all of my uh, development officers, all of our entitlement uh, um, side of the business, our acquisition side of the business. My entire team is plugged in there and we do live trainings three times a week just to try to answer whatever might be on your mind. And again, it, it ranges from people with no storage uh, knowledge all the way up to developers who are doing 10, 15, 20 assets a year, um, trying to get them all in one room, which has been, it's been dynamite. I mean, we've literally uh, been doing this now for four months and um, we have people closing deals from the, from the group, um, which is awesome to watch. And so, you know, um, secretly on the side, you know, our, our goal is to help people get deals across the board. And there may be times when we, when we have to get involved and, and, and share equity to help them raise the money or help them find the land or help them find the developer or mentor them through their first deal. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if we do deals with 15, 20% of the people in there, I'm happy. And then we share everything we do with everybody else. So you could sneak in there and, and, and learn to do this from scratch and, and you could become a developer or you can kind of lean on us for assistance and we'll help you as well. Is that the same thing at, at Storage Syndicate is, uh, or is that more the syndicate side where people are coming and um, you're presenting opportunities for accredited investors to, to deploy capital? It's all one spot. So storagesyndicate.com is right where we put it all in there. We're actually built offline into a, a separate workplace outside of, it's not like a Facebook group or anything like that. It's a it's a it's a legit group where you log into a separate app and there's a knowledge library. There's videos. There's live content. There's events four times a year. Um, and again, all of that time that, that you're there, you're networking with my entire team and you're learning and growing. That's a phenomenal opportunity. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say. I also love that you are very transparent that you're the things that you're doing, you're showing them as you go through them. And that's something that we value a lot is that you're walking the walk in the walk, you know, and showing people all the deals, how to do it, because then they can take that and they can utilize it for themselves. And that's really important to be able to have that in the community. You, yeah. You do have, well, I'm sorry, Joe, you do also have a take on, um, on why, why, 
why doesn't everybody do this? Oh, I have a take on a lot of things, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I just, I, I did, I've done so many things in the real estate business. You know, I, I've done apartments, I've done uh, development, I've done you know, retail office, I've done single family, I've done brokerage work. Um, this to me is just, it's, 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 again, it's bigger numbers, it's bigger zeros. It, 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 it takes a little bit more, um, you know, quote unquote guts to get into it. But I tell you what, it's funny when the other side of it, once you've made your way through, um, it's, it's amazing how much more systematic and scalable and you know, really, I don't want to use the word easy because business is never easy, but you know, can compare to what we were doing 10 years ago, it's just a, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Um, I hope that everybody will be plugged in. I, I know that a lot of our listeners and, and viewers are going to get plugged in. Um, I'm going to check this out myself. Yeah, we've talked personally. about storage for yeah, a while. Talked about we that. just and didn't know. I have a few yeah. friends that have just yeah. one storage facility themselves. And then, like I said, like not something that I'm trying to become um, the developer, the builder, right. in, and, and having connections like you and access to your community and your wealth of knowledge, I think is absolutely incredible. I, I want to just go one more tangent actually doesn't even have to do with the self-storage facility but i (laughs) I noticed that you had on here that you are a veteran Uh, so first of all thank you for your service as far as our um, community goes i know that we super value um, the people that protect our liberties and our freedoms and our abilities to have conversations like this and our abilities to um it be in business and in a capitalist society where we have the ability with infinite possibility and infinite wealth and that a lot of people just take that for granted, right? Like, well, we're in the yeah. United States, um, but there for anything in the world, there's a price that was paid, whether it was through, you know, currency or through sacrifice. And so we want to thank you. And But tell us a little bit about that experience and how that um, also affects your business. What, what, you know, lessons that you've learned and, and lessons that you continue to carry with you to this day. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many. I, I I could do an entire podcast on that. Um, you know, the things that pop off at the top of my head are are um, discipline. You know, I think I learned most of my self discipline through the military. Not that I wasn't somewhat put together before I went in there, but um, it's amazing when you're when you're put in position to to lead. How quick you have to learn to be self governed and self disciplined before you can you know even remotely help others do that. So I think discipline is one of the number one things that. Uh, military taught me but you know it's also you know i think the secondary pieces of it we we actually have this um sign in our office that says the way i do one thing is the way i do everything and you know that also really transpires into all of our businesses right you know it's there's standards there's there's rituals there's routines there's ways that we practice there's ways that we play um that we want to make sure are consistent and they're in alignment with with our core values and so um you know, I think it's a big piece of the team that we're growing and the people that are inside of it is that they they, they really um, embrace that and they take advantage of it. Super special. I know. I, I was just thinking that you were talking about when you go into business with somebody, you should really be looking at the operator and looking yeah. who that individual is. And I feel very confident that you are are leading people in a way with integrity and authenticity and a wonderful operator, I'm sure. So anybody that's listening right now would be lucky to be able to dip their toe in the pond and and learn about storage from somebody like you. So thank you. Thank Joe, you. thank you so much for being on the show. You're not, you're going to hear more from us. Yeah. <laughs> We've right been talking show. about this This for is a while, super, so. super cool stuff. Yeah. And hey, I got to tell any viewer, any listener, look, that's legit. Like, you know, we get so many people on the show. We talk to so many people from so many different things. And look, they're all interesting. 
Um, I think, you know, Joe, you're onto something, number one, um, that is, is legitimate um, interest there. At the same time, um, you're a person that's doing it right. And so there's so many, I mean, look, there's some, everything is an opportunity. Right. Right. <laughs> Every, everything mm-hmm. is an opportunity. But you mentioned this thing about, you know, you're interested in the operators and it doesn't take very long. And I hope that our audience can pick up on this, not calling you necessarily an operator right. in this field, but an yeah, operator yeah. in the sense of this, of this show. Um, and that's something that you want to judge someone by, you know, are they operating and doing business from a place of integrity? I want to encourage everybody to check this out. Um, investwithlegacy.com, or you can jump over to storagesyndicate.com. And listen, we didn't mention this last website. I want to make sure we get this in, legacybuilder.coach, right? If you'd like some coaching on on this stuff, legacybuilder.coach. So many ways that you can plug in with Joe Evangelisti. Joe, thank you so much for being on the program today. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. You absolutely killed it. Anything else? That's it. All right, folks, we're going to be back again next week with a brand new guest talking about more cool stuff that I'm <laughs> sure that you're going to love, but maybe not as much as this one. This one's probably going to go down I'm sure interest is in history right as now. a highly, <laughs> highly popular episode. Um, but we promise we'll be back again next week with a brand new edition of the None of Your Business podcast.